Welcome to What Is It About the Weather, a podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek, and this week's question, does weather make you want to move? All right, we'll get to that, I promise. A couple of things before we get there, however. Google Play. Google Play Music specifically. You've heard me mention it before when I was doing the changes with Spotify, getting the podcast into the Spotify system that Google was going to be making a shift from their Google Play Music, which they're getting rid of, to YouTube Music. It's fine. Understand. Doesn't necessarily make sense to me, but I, yeah, I get it. Kind of a name brand sort of scenario. They're doing this with a lot of their products. I noticed some other things are falling under the Nest, what was a thermostat kind of product that they bought into other home devices. So I think they're trying some new branding things. That said... YouTube Music's not going to have podcast. Fine, whatever, don't really care. They're going to have their own Google podcast app, much like Apple has a podcast app. Just like there's a lot of other podcast apps that people use to get get that content. You know, Spotify, keeping it within their thing. Google, not so much. Maybe they just never got the uptake. Doesn't really matter. Where does that mean it's going to be? Well, it's going to be in the same place it's always been. The files have always been in a place where I host them. The feed has always been in the same place where I host it. And most apps that pull it, including Apple, just pull the feed information and some represent it in other ways. That's what Apple does in their, you know, their setup. Google's just not going to do that anymore. YouTube's not going to have that. But this app, which I'll try out sometime, we'll have it in there. Going forward, probably starting in September sometime, I'll add the feed link in the show notes. It's not a place that people I think are normally going to go and pull it, but just as a frame of reference. It's always on the website as well. Maybe I'll spell it out. I have a little link to it, but you know, maybe I'll make it obvious just so you can cut and paste it in whatever app you use. All right. Enough about Google Play. Giving them too much airtime already. Let's jump to weather and let's follow up on a topic that I brought up last week. Now, I was talking about the whole idea of two tropical cyclones existing at the same time in the Gulf of Mexico, Marco and Laura. Whether they did or not, it's going to be close because one was kind of dying down as the other one was getting in the Gulf of Mexico. I'll probably have to do some analysis to determine whether, you know, be whose criteria to use for where this Gulf of Mexico starts sort of thing. But I think that kind of takes second fiddle to the realities of what Laura became. Now, this... As I brought up, you know, we always have these uh, disagreements, if you will, about where the forecast of the track's going to be and how it changes. And we get into this whole consistent versus accurate thing. And I, I watched a couple debates going on with respect to that very topic, you know, as I was following Twitter and different people I see post things there. But in the end, what we had was a storm that made landfall I, shortly before I made this recording. And it was devastating. Now, if you had to pick an area that had the fewest amount of people and less impacts given the Gulf of Mexico, maybe it found that spot. Doesn't make it any better for the people who had to deal with it. So just keep that in mind. I try to, I, you've heard me mention this struggle before, work with tropical cyclones. Fascinated by what they are, but I always have to remember the devastation they cause. 
and this storm maybe didn't get the play up because the forecast and, and the ultimate storm took it to a place that wasn't as populated. Didn't it could have gone this slightly west and hit a place like Houston. It would have gotten a lot more coverage, I think. But also the nature in which it went from a hurricane to a very intense storm shortly before landfall. You know, you've heard me mention this rapid intensification events. Well, it certainly went through that sort of transition, became a very powerful storm right before making landfall. And, you know, no matter how I want to talk about it, the realities in this moment are for people out there dealing with the aftermath. You know, we need to remind ourselves that it's very difficult for them. Hopefully there'll have been minimal loss of life, but it would not surprise me if there's some. As a matter of fact, I'd be surprised if there's not some at all. And all we can hope is that, you know, we have a situation where people can recover from and move on and move forward. All right, let's get to the question at hand. Does weather make you want to move? Now, I had a day last week where the heat finally broke. The summer heat finally broke. And and my summer started warmer. It got uh, less. But as my summer went on, it became uh, a little less intense, a little bit more normal, less abnormally extreme. But nonetheless, it was still summer. Humidity, heat, not things, as you know, that I like. Finally broke. Finally had that window opening day. And then... A day or two later, I saw some geese in formation, you know, flying right over the building. Then you combine that with potholes and road closures happen this time of year. And I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be interesting if humans could migrate in mass each year? Pick up, go from one area to another. Now we see that. Some already. Some people have two homes or a, a summer location, a winter location. So it, it occurs already. But what if we did it as a whole, as we did it as a society? Because we always talk about the struggles of infrastructure replacement. Infrastructure is so easy to build before people are in an area, right? Something gets built, it's easy to dig up, all that sort of things. And, you know, I'm watching the road construction happen around me. And I think about how hard it is, or I watched power line changes that were going on, how difficult it is to do those little things, very short distances, because the upheaval it causes. But wouldn't it be interesting if kind of people went away <laughs> and all the repairs that needed to be done, all the infrastructure, major upheaval things could just take place. Now, this may occur somewhat in a touristy locale, if you will. Maybe they truly have a season. And then in the off-season, they're able to do some of those repairs. But the reality is they may not easily be able to. Some of those summery locations you go to, because maybe you go because it's a little cooler or pleasant. Maybe the winters are so harsh they can't do it. But even if you take a place like Florida, they may have their peak season when it's cold in other places. But do enough people leave to where it's really not used in the, in the off-peak to where you could just more or less tear up everything and go after it. I, I, I'm guessing that my dream state probably can't exist. But it got me to thinking, you know, just wondering why people do migrations or how much do people do migrations? 
Right? We, we know animals do it, right? I mean, birds is the common example we think about all the time. Birds certainly go from here to there, seek out different weather. They seem to have the idea down right. Get these seasonal migrations. And weather is a real player in that, right? Weather and certain weather patterns, or maybe temperatures reach a certain level. I mean, there is a a, a physiological response in birds that triggers them to go from point A to point B and vice versa. And actually, I even came across, I'll I'll put a link in the show notes, something called BirdCast. And now that we have years of data where people watch birds and monitor, and and this isn't just scientists, this is, you know, in mass, there's a lot of people that are really into it and do a lot of reporting in it. And it's this kind of big data scenario, if you will, where they can actually predict the migration. I also found it interesting that it's it's not just that we have these because you know you may argue reasonably so that that's more of a climate thing, more of a seasonal thing. That it's not an individual weather event itself. Now, could be could be that that an individual temperature on a certain morning gets down to a certain low, and it's the you know the like I said a physiological response, and and the bird says, "Oh, time to go," but it may not be just like that. It may be an average over a period of time. But in following that whole thread, I did see that there is some truth to the fact that weather itself, individual weather events, the passage of cold fronts and storms, etc., do determine how birds migrate and whether they may hunker down for a couple of days or pick up and go again, which I thought was kind of interesting. Couple of things that probably the most prominent things tailwinds. They love a good tailwind. They're not stupid. They don't want to fly against the winds. Too much effort. And some birds are so big that they need lift, so they may only migrate certain times of the day after the heat of the day tends to warm things up, so that they they get more help with their flight process, at least to get going. But back to this whole thing. Birds aren't alone, right? You got in- insects migrate. Butterflies migrate, bats migrate, but mammals do too. Elk and caribou are a couple of classic examples. And even, you know, look to the oceans. Whales, many types of whales migrate. Sharks. So they all do, do this process. They're moving around. So what role does weather play in us humans doing that? Now we know, it, you know, People migrate, right? Sometimes it is seasonal, getting back to that seasonal idea I had back in the beginning. But just in general, do do people really make moves for better weather? Because when you think about migration, why do we do it? Well, it is about better, isn't it? I mean, that's the idea, at least fundamentally. If you're going to pick up and move, you're doing it because something's going to be better. Better job. Better opportunities. Better environment. It could be better climate, right? Better weather. You may seek certain types of weather because you identify it as better. 
So climates and seasons are not a new thing, right? And I came across a paper that even, you know, talked about this. And they talked about how here in the U.S., we've been moving for a long time from what would be perceived as not good weather to good weather. Now, early days, when the U.S. was very much an agricultural country, people had to live in places that weren't necessarily where they would choose to live weather-wise because it's how they made a living, better life, right? That, that was the perceived thing. And in the South and in, in parts of the Midwest, my exa- examples of that, because the weather in the summer times can get pretty brutal, but if you got to be there for crops, you may not have a choice. But as we made that shift and became more industrial, we actually moved away from some of those harsher summer climates. Now, we moved to places where the winters may have been a little more difficult, but it was easier to heat. Heat generation was a big thing. So what was the shift back? Why did people start moving away from that? Well, air conditioning has always been proposed as one of the reasons that we made that shift back. AC. Invention of the AC gave us the ability to stay cool, go back to Florida. Go inside. If it's hot outside, just go in and throw on the AC. But what the paper found is it wasn't that simple, and it didn't always line up that way. May have played a role, no doubt. But was it enough? And the answer is that maybe, like anything else, we put a value on weather. Right? That, that it's another criteria. Because sometimes those migrations are happening to places that may not be as logical, at least to you or me. Maybe you do like the weather of the mountains, so you're not going to go to the coast, or you like to be where it's going to be snowing in the wintertime because you enjoy outdoor winter activities like skiing or snowboarding or whatever it is. But it's not necessarily that simple. We may put a value in our criteria for determining why we're going to make a move. You know, maybe it's like anything else. Maybe it's like putting it in place because it wasn't just older people that were moving or younger people that were moving or they weren't just moving to places that were always warm. That's what the, the results sort of bore out is it's likely a little more nuanced than that. So maybe it is about jobs or opportunity or better schools or more arts you know, more culture. Maybe you like being in an urban area versus a rural area, or maybe vice versa. So weather is going to be part of your economical equation in making that decision. But what I thought was interesting about this paper was it examined the, how do we really determine this? How much is weather considered a better? Because I think what they felt they had gotten to with their analysis 
was it seemed to be related, but was weather really the primary cause or was weather something? And th- this is the part that you know, we've talked about this before is weather may not be the primary. It might be that underlying influence. And let's use that snow and ski example. So maybe to you, what's of value is you like to snow ski or snowboard or snowshoe if you really like those sort of things or any sort of activities that certain weather brings about, but you put a value on the activity, not so much the weather itself. So is the weather, the value part of the proposition or is it actually the activity and you don't necessarily actively think about the weather itself. You're thinking about what the weather delivers. And part of what's, tricky about this is the U.S. is kind of a little different in terms of its size and its variance in different climates and weather zones that are represented here that may not be so repeatable in other locations. And the researchers suggested that that's something that would really need to be carried out. So is it a cultural thing here? Is it unique to the U.S.? Or is it more about us humans. And you can look both to our south and our north here in the U.S. just as an example. You take, for instance, Canada. They may not have those more tropical locations that people can easily migrate to. Or in Mexico, they may not have those more cooler temperate locations that people can easily migrate to. So repeating the experiment may not be as simple as that. They also talked about, do these trends continue? And I I went and looked. And what I found is their their research was conducted, I think the years were from 1970 to 2000. And I I examined what they found for the 10 years that followed on. And I'm going to pull out another location. There, you know, you think of Amazon, big global name now. Wasn't so big during that period. And they're located in the Seattle area. Now, you know, we have companies like Microsoft and others that that have been in that area, but it wasn't considered such a prominent area for for many years. And actually, migration had been away from those. I I think people probably said, well, I don't like it raining all the time. Now, anybody knows it, it doesn't necessarily just rain a lot in that vicinity, but maybe there's a lot more overcast or drizzly days. And it wasn't drawing people. So they actually had a negative migration for the period that these researchers looked at. But since then, we've seen an influx to people to that zone. So maybe things haven't held. And that's actually become an area where some retirees have found that they've wanted to be. Why? Because there's other things going on. Right? There's other things that might draw them there. So the weather may become secondary in that case. So the value proposition may change because what we've got is other things have happened there, right? With the influx of population, you certainly have more cultural things going on. And a lot of times we're drawn to these broader areas, especially maybe as we get older or as we're retiring, we have certain things that we want to make present. And maybe what we do want is 
not so hot. But that may also be individual. So no doubt that weather, (laughs) I mean, the end result here is there's no doubt that weather and climate have played a role in a very long time for where we live. And that can be from early days about where you can grow certain crops. The weather dictates that, right? So we choose to live there. Or maybe, you know, workers who are seasonal workers that move around because whether it's working in agriculture, whether it's working in tourism, they go with where the weather brings the the economic prosperity that goes with it. But I guess the question for everybody would be, in the end, what is your price that you put on weather as an amenity of, of the things that, you value when you're making a decision where where you're going to live, where you're going to move to, whether that's a seasonal thing or whether that's a permanent relocation. Let me know. What is about the weather at gmail.com? You can now ah, do a search in Twitter and just do what is it about the weather. That, you know, they, another thing, Twitter finally lets you, username can't be big, but the Show name can now be more characters. So I'm now able to spell out the whole thing there. So just do a search there and you can find it. Be curious to know your thoughts. If you've ever made a move, did you think about the weather? Did it play a prominent role in that decision process? Or was it just so far down the packing order that it just didn't matter? I have to believe that the next time I make, every time I make a move, I do think about the weather. But I will say sometimes it's played a more prominent role than others. I mean, I didn't even think about that process in my mind. Sometimes it's like, where's the job? And weather may be, you know, you may look at it and say, hmm, does it diminish the value of the opportunity? But it may not have been a primary deciding factor. All right, before I let you go, I'm going to bring up, every now and then, you guys know I like to get on my soapbox. I'm going to do my soapbox at the end here. I thought it wasn't, you know, it's not always good to do in the beginning. But I'm constantly kind of reading articles about weather-related topics, right? And I came across one, and when I'm doing negative things, I don't, I don't like to call people who write it out. You know, I don't want to call out them by name or the exact title. But I came across something that basically, the, the part of the title was How Earth or- Orbiting Satellites, blah, 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 blah. It had to do with weather things. How Earth Orbiting Satellites. And I was thinking to myself, now, to me, this headline sounds really sort of stupid because I don't know what else they would be orbiting if they're talking about our weather. Now, I, you know, so I, I thought about it. That that uh, Whatever. Whoever wrote the headline, I uh, just made me breathe deep. But the part that made me that I found sort of comical is you might argue, well, some satellites are in what we call geostationary orbits because technically they don't really orbit around the earth in a way you think about them. They're not in a different position. They stay in the same position, right? And that was what this article said. It was first they went into how earth orbiting satellites, blah, blah, blah. We have some that are called geostationary that don't really orbit. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, which is it, orbiting or not? 
yes, that thing does have an orbit per se, but it's a fixed location. And I don't know. I just, I know we all have our, our things where people write headlines we, and we all fall for them, right? That, that draw us in and you get to the article and you go, why did you write the headline that way? This was the one that drew me in because the headline didn't make sense. I guess that's an effective tool. In this case, it got me to, to click on it. But don't we all just wish sometimes that people would take and write, you know, a headline that's consistent with what they're actually talking about? Something more like how satellites. I think, I think we live in an, an age now where most of us know that a satellite is a thing up there in the sky. And it does its thing around the planet and gives us some information. I don't know. Maybe they had a word count they needed to get to, but I don't, I just don't understand why they were throwing in the earth orbiting satellites as if I would have expected it to be something else. Yeah. Any case. All right. I'm going to let you guys go. The next episode, I'm going to hit on a related talk topic, talking about weather and happiness. And so we'll do a little follow up on this one, but until then, until then, I don't think about how much value you place on weather or just go out and enjoy the weather, but never forget, never ever forget. There's much more to weather than the weather itself. <laughs>